0: Welcome back to 30-something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all things motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. And that's reinvention. People have made some really interesting changes in their lives after big things have happened. So often on this episode, we talk with um, people who are in second or third or fourth chapters even who've reinvented themselves um, to chase a passion or to help other people in the world. And today's guest is doing all of that and more. I'm really, really excited for this episode, guys. Um, Dr. Carrie Jones is a naturopathic physician She's a hormone expert whose work is committed to helping the modern woman understand her body and the important role that hormones play in overall health. So the background on this episode, um, I'm a crazy person before I get my period. And I started to think, gosh, I can't be the only person in the world who, after having kids in particular, um, is experiencing what I perceive to be a change in my hormones. Um, I requested Dr. Jones to be on the podcast a little while back and was so pleasantly surprised when she agreed to come on and not only talk to us, but share very specific and really useful information on hormones, which is a topic that is of utmost important to women's health and frankly, men's health too. Although in this episode, I have to say we we're going to focus on the ladies. Um, Dr. Jones has um, a lot of experience in this field. She has a master's in public health. She has over 12 years experience in the field of functional and integrative Of medicine. She is also an adjunct faculty member for the National University of Natural Medicine, where she has taught courses in gynecology and advanced endocrinology. So, right now, Dr. Jones is the medical director for a hormone test called the Dutch Test. You're going to hear us talk about this uh, a little bit during the interview here. Uh, This is, as you'll hear, an advanced look at patients' hormone levels. It gives you a really specific and precise outlook on your hormones to just help you chart a path to better health. Now, you're going to hear us discuss that test, but there are so many other really specific recommendations that Dr. Jones gets into in this episode. So if you're near you know, a a pen and paper, jot a few things down. You can also go back and listen. Of course, I just want to give you a heads up that this episode was so big and juicy that I cut it into two parts. I got incredible questions from you guys when I solicited questions on Instagram. So I decided to put those into a separate episode because I wanted to give them time. And I wanted to make sure that Dr. Jones could get into the basics in episode one, talk all about hormones, adrenal health, um, all of these other things without getting too specific on the questions that were submitted. So in episode two, which is going to come out next week, week, you will hear your question. Again, if you submitted one, that will be the week you hear your specific question answered. But you're going to want to listen to this episode too, because the general information she has to give about the interplay of of hormones and your thyroid and your cortisol levels is just fascinating. And it's really the base information you're going to need to understand what she's saying in episode two. So in this episode, we talk about estrogen clearing, what it is, why it's so important, the tests you need to ask your doctor for, Those are thyroid tests, hormone tests, cortisol tests, uh, the way your hormones and the rest of your body interact, the very specific supplements that she recommends, uh, the magic of broccoli sprouts. Who would have known that these things are like a literal uh, magic potion for your overall health? Um, Why you need to pay attention to your cortisol levels and how to adjust those and the one thing you need to do when you wake up in the morning. That and so much more. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I'll be back on the um, flip side of the episode to tell you where to follow Dr. Jones on Instagram. But in the meantime, enjoy. This is an episode chock full of great information. Again, Dr. Carrie Jones, naturopathic physician and hormone expert. Okay, guys, I am so excited about today's guest. As you heard in the intro, she is an expert on hormones, and I read this quote on her website, and it immediately endeared me to you, Dr. Jones. I help hormonally challenged people feel less crazy. It's like you're in my brain, because what is up with the power of hormones?
1: Oh, my gosh. Hormones control absolutely everything, and when they're going in the right direction and everybody's communicating with each other, then it works great. And if hormones are not, then it's literally feeling like hurting cats, right? Like everybody's all the hormones are just going in different directions and it's causing all sorts of symptoms. And women are like, Am I crazy? Is there something wrong with me? I'm like, No, you're not crazy. Yes, it's your hormones.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like many women only start to understand the way that the impact their hormones have after having kids or or going through some massive body experience you know um yeah i literally turned into a crazy person the week i was PMSing after having kids and this is what prompted me to have so much interest in this topic the name of this podcast is 30 something so for the lead off question i do want to ask you this is the stage in life where a lot of women are going through birth related hormone changes or anything else that pertains to this stage so what is happening in the 30s in our bodies with our
1: hormones <laughs> so many thi- all the hashtag all the things <laughs> So what happens in our 30s is that we're like, we're completely out of puberty, right? And we're much more mature when it comes to our brain ovarian communication. And so, women who are like have had an IUD or on the birth control pill, you know, they're transitioning because maybe they want to start having children or maybe women are like, okay, I don't want children or I'm done having children. So they're trying to do the reverse. Like they're trying really hard not to get pregnant. But in the meantime, what's happening is that, um, what I find is like our stress and our diet and our, exercise habits and our sleep patterns and our, you know, hydration and stuff all starts to catch up with us. Like the things we could get away with when we were 22 and 23, all of a sudden we're 35 and I'm like, yeah, I I can't do that anymore. I can't (laughs) like eat that extra dessert and, you know, not notice a difference. And I can't have that extra glass of wine and, you know, it, it totally affects my sleep or, you know, I know that my stress is really high and that's making my PMS really bad this month. And so we become Less resilient and more, I guess, um, sensitive to our hormonal changes as we move into our 30s.
0: Let's talk about the environmental factors. After listening to several of the podcasts that you've been guests on and reading some of the articles that you have put out, I know that you are a big believer, as am I, that environment impacts our overall health so much. So when you're talking about things that impact our hormones as well. What exactly is interacting with our body, whether it be from our diet or our environment or even the, the, the items that we're eating our, you know, to-go food out of that's that's messing with our hormones like this?
1: Oh, and messing is, is absolutely the right word because um, what people don't realize is that when you – like let's take estrogen, which is a prime example – when you make estrogen as a woman in your body, in order for it to do anything, it has to bind onto what's called an estrogen receptor. So it's a lock and key, right? Estrogen is the key, the receptor is the lock, you turn it, the door opens and things happen. But unfortunately, other things can bind to that receptor too. So the plastics that come out of your container that you got to go food in, or the hot water bottle that's been you know, sitting in your car that you bought out of the convenience store, um, the chemicals that you use for cleaning your house, or um, to make your, your car smell better, um, all those things that they spray on our foods, you know, to kill or um, pesticides and fungus and stuff like that. All of those things look close enough to estrogen. And so the key fits in the lock. So maybe you don't want the door to open, but yet all of these things can open your door and now they set off a cascade of events you don't want, like weight gain and hair loss and PMS and heavy periods and pregnancy issues, fertility issues, um, mood issues, sleep issues, you know, energy issues, like it just goes on and on and on. And so these environmental um, factors where people are like, oh, one plastic water bottle is not such a big deal. But over time, if you do it often, if you often heat in plastic, if you often get your to-go food in plastic, if you often use these chemicals on your body, in your house, you know, on your car, what have you, um, you are eating foods that are sprayed. Then all these doors keep getting open, and you, and as a result, you have hormonal chaos. You feel like you know hurting cats when it comes to your symptoms.
0: Would you say that the majority of women these days are impacted by this? And is there anyone with normal levels considering the exposure that we all likely get?
1: Unfortunately, the people I talk to are the people that are struggling, right? So in my view, the majority of women and men too, I mean, I know this is primarily aimed at, at women, but men are just as affected. Um, they're really struggling. They're really struggling. There's not much, there's not much you feel that normal out there. And I am, hormones are my thing. And I actually work for a company that tests hormones and I still will get, I get PMS sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And I get menstrual migraines and sometimes I get that period that's super heavy out of nowhere. And I'm like, what is this? What happened? And sometimes it's nothing I did and everything environmental. And sometimes it's definitely something I did. Like I ate all the chocolate and I drank all the wine and I stayed up <laughs> too late and I'm, my hormones are punishing me as a result.
0: I love the, uh, you did an interview with Dr. G on his, uh, heal thyself podcast mm-hmm. recently. And you were talking about all alcohol is bad alcohol. I don't care if it's <laughs> sugar-free, you know, tequila or like the best organic wine in the world, um, which I'm sure disappoints a lot of people. But you hit on so many points there. The all of the the myriad factors that influence our health it can feel overwhelming to someone to try to overhaul everything i'm such a proponent of you know trying to fix one thing at a time you know your cosmetics and your self care and then your cleaning products and whatever i just feel so lucky that we're in a world to have access to the information that you're putting out because i do think this sounds like an issue that women have struggled with for years and years decades and decades and they were probably going to their doctors saying hey i feel this way and the doctors were saying no 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 this is nothing or you're crazy but the bottom yeah. line is we women know when when something is off and i cannot tell you how many women who who submitted questions for today's episode which we will get to later who said i have felt some sort of way for the longest time and all my doctor kept saying is no you're fine and i know i'm not fine i'm sure you hear that all the time
1: All the time. And I tell women, trust your intuition. You know your body better than anyone else. I don't care if you're in the healthcare field or not in the healthcare field. You know nothing about health. You sure as heck know when something is off or wrong. Because we are creatures of habit and pattern. And when our habits and patterns are changing, you know, we notice what our cycles are changing. We notice when our cycles are either getting longer or shorter. We have more PMS, less PMS. Our breasts are getting bigger, like our weight is going up, our hair is falling out, like our eyelashes and eyebrows are getting thinner. Like we notice this because it's our every day. Mm -hmm. And I tell women all the time, don't discount that. That is, this is a concern. And when you go in for that, you know, 10 minute appointment with your primary care doctor and it's not, it's, it's not their fault. They just have, they only have 10 minutes and it's not their training. And so they might look at you and just be like, no, no, it's, That's what happens when you have kids. It's like, okay, but common doesn't mean normal, right? Right. And so that's what I'm constantly trying to help women understand is, sure, it's really common to feel that way maybe after birth or breastfeeding or having multiple kids under the age of five for sure, but it doesn't mean it's normal or that's how you have to live.
0: I want you to kind of walk us through the basics here. So I I recently had my first hormone panel and I I want to kind of get into that later, but the way that I've heard you explain it time and time again is with a great medical. Help us understand how the hormones interact with each other and what that has to do with our thyroid and, and all these other symptoms that you just mentioned.
1: Yeah. So your your hormones are best friends. And when we think of your hormone system, we think of your thyroid system, your adrenal system, and your ovarian system as your as your big system. So your thyroid, of course, makes your thyroid hormones. Your adrenals handles your stress. It handles your resiliency. It helps you with blood sugar regulation. It helps you with like how you handle fight or flight stuff. Um, and then your ovarian uh, system is what manages your estrogen, your progesterone, some of your testosterone. It's what helps you ovulate or not and and, you know like your your reproductive cycle and they all talk to each other literally all day long they'd have more text messages back to (laughs) to each other than you know my 18 year old to her friends like it's And so if one system is off, if you are struggling with your thyroid, if you have Hashimoto's, if you have hypothyroidism, it's up to the adrenals and the ovaries to pick up the slack. But if they can't because they're struggling, then they're going to falter as well. Now you're going to have problems dealing with stress out of the adrenals. You're going to have more fatigue. Maybe your sleep is going to be terrible. And then in the ovaries, you may be experiencing more female symptoms. You're going to have a lot more um, menstrual related problems. Fertility-related problems, and especially as you age. And so, if we don't dial in these hormones as a group, then you're constantly going to be like robbing one to pay for the other. To try, it's like a seesaw. Like you're trying to constantly balance the stool that's, you know, not able to be balanced.
0: I she drew my doctor just uh, kind of blew my mind. She drew this picture of a pyramid, and she's like, you probably know what was what." But there was one that was atop top, and the DHEA and the testosterone were somewhere. And she's like, when one of the bricks of this pyramid comes out, the whole thing can tumble. So uh I don't know why I'm 38 now, and it has taken this long for me to understand that there's a serious interplay, the one you just described at work here. So often, we're, we, like you said, we deal with our PMS symptoms in one realm, and then we move on, and we think we have a thyroid issue, and we treat that separately. So right. what types of symptoms would a woman, again, in this age bracket or in this sort of stage of life be looking for that would be red flags that something in her pyramid or something in that system is off?
1: And definitely when we're looking at these symptoms, I'm, I'm going to rattle off some. And I know people are going to go, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, I, I get that. Um, getting it from time to time and having it be your everyday life are two different things. So I just want people who women who are listening to recognize, you know, like if I say, well, do you get tired? And they're like, yes, yeah, sometimes versus no, I'm tired every day are, are very different. So when we're looking at hormones, we're thinking of like, just the common, like either, you know, I'm tired, I'm stressed out. Um, I have anxiety or my anxiety is getting worse. I'm feeling depressed or my depression's getting worse. My cycles have gotten shorter. My cycles have gotten longer, um, I can't sleep. I can't fall asleep and stay asleep like I used to. Uh, my periods have gotten heavier. Now I have clots. Um, or I have women tell me the opposite. Women are like, all of a sudden, I went from a seven-day period to a two-day period. <laughs> what does that mean? Women who were like, I have cramps. My cramps are debilitating. Like having a little bit of cramps to tell me my period is coming is one thing. Debilitating cramps is definitely a whole different ballgame. Losing hair. Women tell me all the time, you're supposed to lose hair, but when you're losing clumps of hair, a lot of hair, bold spots, your ponytail, the rubber band that you wrap around your ponytail is a lot. Um, um, it's easier. It's You wrap more times around than you used to. You know, that's a big indicator. Your eyebrows, you're missing the outer third, the outer half of your eyebrows. You're having to draw them in. You're having to, you know, go get... Um, get micro them drawn on. <laughs> A little <laughs> bit micro of micro bleeding, bleeding. Right? yeah lashes. <laughs> <laughs> eyelashes. I, you know, women are like, you know, I'm going to get lashes because I feel like my lashes aren't as healthy as they used to. And, and they don't look, they don't look as healthy. Think skin is, is your, are you wrinkling faster than you want to? Are you aging faster than you want to? Are you, are your bruises healing? Um, or do they linger? Right. Does it take you forever? Your fingernails, do they break easily or do you have healthy, strong fingernails? And, and again, like you see, like this list is, massive and overwhelming and I so many women are like, I have all of those things. (laughs) I have I have all of them. Or some women have more symptoms in certain areas. They have more symptoms as it relates to their menstrual cycle. So I know it's a lot more maybe ovarian in nature. They have a lot more symptoms in relation to how they handle stress and sleep and energy. And then I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's more adrenal in nature or versus thyroid. And so when I'm asking all these symptoms, it definitely helps me sort of pinpoint what is going on? But I know, just like you said, just like the pyramid um, analogy, everybody's talking to the other person, right? You, I can't just focus in one area. I can't just say, oh, your periods have gotten super heavy. Let's only look at your estrogen and progesterone when I know things like thyroid have a huge impact on, on how heavy your period is. I know things like iron, iron status, anemia has a big impact on how heavy your periods are. And like I know it's it's much more interrelated than that.
0: So, what are the first steps? And say someone comes to—I I know you're not currently taking patients yourself, but you work with a ton of doctors and you advise doctors. So, say a woman comes in and says, "Listen, I have at least half of those. I want to know exactly what's going on. Let's talk specific tests that you recommend and next yes. steps." Because um, I think I think you're—we you, have a lot of the audience sort of nodding in agreement right now.
1: <laughs> and when it comes, I exactly I tell women test, don't guess, right? Don't, don't do a questionnaire online and the questionnaire is like, oh, it sounds like you have estrogen problems. And then you go and on Amazon and buy all the supplements because it is, you now understand they all overlap and it may not just be estrogen. So what I say is to test. Now, when you're looking at testing, we want a lot more comprehensive testing, which requires you to find a doctor or a practitioner, a healthcare practitioner that does a lot more comprehensive approach and who will look at, for example, in the thyroid, not just the main basic thyroid marker, which many know was thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH, but you want a full panel. You wanna look at the free markers, which are called free T4 and free T3. You wanna look at the antibodies to see if it's possible you have autoimmune, which is called Hashimoto's. When it comes to your female hormones, you want to make sure you're testing at the right part of your cycle. Many women will see their doctor on a Tuesday at 1 o'clock, and they'll go get their blood drawn, and then they'll say, well, what does this mean? And I'm like, well, Tuesday at 1 o'clock doesn't tell me much, but I need to know what day of your cycle you're in because your estrogen and progesterone change depending if you're close to your period, close to ovulation, or on the other side. So timing is everything when it comes to, to those hormones. We want to look at your androgen hormones. These are the hormones that are like testosterone and DHEA. These help you with things like energy and mood and muscle building. So if you're losing muscle and your mood is not that good and you're really tired, and it also helps with, with your libido, right? So if your libido is faltering, then we want to make sure we look at these hormones too. And what's frustrating to me is that some um, – you know, just conventional doctors, conventional practitioners are like, oh, you know, men need testosterone, women don't. So we're not going to test that. Like, no, 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 no. We don't need as much as men, but we absolutely need it. And we need it through our whole lifetime. It's very important for our brain health, for our bone health, for our heart health, for our reproductive health. And so we're, I don't want to miss out on that when it comes to testing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we look at cortisol because cortisol is really what's driving can you sleep, do you have energy, how are you handling your blood sugar, things like that.
0: So the tests would be specifically blood work would address the thyroid issue. That's how you would look into that. For the hormone panel, is that saliva or is that blood work?
1: So I do a combination. I do blood work, uh, especially for thyroid. The gold standard for thyroid is in blood. And I use blood work for other markers, like their blood sugar, their insulin, their iron, if if I'm needing to look at other markers like that. And then when it comes to cortisol, I will either use um, saliva or I will use dried urine. Um, And when it comes to the female hormones, the estrogen, the progesterone, the testosterone, what have you, I actually use dried urine. I know a lot of people use saliva, but I prefer to use a dried urine test, which Dried urine basically means that you just pee on a, like a it's like a pregnancy test kind of Mm -hmm. like you pee on a a strip of paper four times through the day, let it dry and then mail it back to the lab. Mm -hmm. And the reason I like the urine is because it gives me what are called metabolites or pathways. So with, with estrogen as an example, I can tell you what your estrogen is, but I can also tell you where it's going, which is so helpful for estrogen detoxification. If you have like an excessive amount of estrogen in your body, I can tell you if you're able to clear it or not. And we can do things from a food standpoint or a supplement standpoint to really help optimize that so that your estrogen is not so crazy and not so dominant.
0: So why do we why do we need estrogen detoxification? Explain that process and what um, sort of role it plays in the body.
1: Definitely now, estrogen is really important. It definitely gets vilified a lot because we associate it with like endometriosis and PMS and weight gain and all these like breast cancer, right? Like all these naughty things that women don't really want. Um, but on the other hand, estrogen is really helpful for brain health, skin health, bone health, mood. It's, it's, we, we need it. It's like Goldilocks though. We need it in the right balance. So for women who do have way too much estrogen, the body uses your liver and your intestines to make sure it gets cleared out appropriately and you don't have a buildup. So if you think of your estrogen detoxification like a bathtub and the sewer line to your house, you have three phases of estrogen detoxification. So phase 1 is essentially moving the estrogen out of your out of your blood, out of your tissue, the ex, the excess into your liver. So that's like the water coming into your bathtub. Phase 2 is when it takes your estrogen and it neutralizes it cuz it doesn't, we don't need it anymore, right? It's, we're trying to get rid of it. So that's kind of like the drain to your bathtub. And then phase three, estrogen detoxification, is where it gets moved out of your body. So you put it in your intestines and you essentially poop it out because the body's like, all right, you're done, goodbye, goodbye now, right? Don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out. <laughs> so it's the same with the, with the bathtub analogy. It's your sewer line. It, it's essentially like you like you took a bath and then you open the drain and then all the water goes out your sewer line and you know out of your house and goodbye if you have a block in any of those areas if your sewer line is blocked or slow or sluggish or gunked up if your drain is full of hair and if the water isn't you know is coming into your bathtub inappropriately um too fast or too slow then you're going to have a big wet mess in your bathroom it's the same in your body with estrogen if you have intestinal issues whether you've got constipation, um, you've just got, you know, um, leaky gut, if you've got malabsorption, um, if you have problems that are resulting in your estrogen getting reabsorbed out of your intestines, if you have liver issues, then you're just, it's the same thing. You're going to have estrogen problems in your body, just like you had, could have bathtub or, you know, sewer line issues. And women don't want that because if we get this back if you get a, if you have a overflow in your bathroom of water everywhere, it's a mess. And it's the same with estrogen. We get PMS. We get risk for breast cancer. We get heavy periods. We get clots. We grow fibroids. We regrow, you know, cysts. We have fertility issues. We have PCOS stuff. We have endometriosis, adenomyosis, and the list goes on. All because we struggle to detox.
0: I know that you mentioned the Dutch Test, which is a company that you work with, and I have done, like I said, the saliva hormone panel, the thyroid blood work, and I've had to ask specifically for those things. Like you said, unfortunately, that's never something that seems to be top of mind unless you ask for it. So I'm encouraging all women if... You need to take control of your own health there. That's coming from me, not a doctor. But um, I'm interested in the Dutch test because for as savvy as I thought I was, I had not heard of this. And I want to know what the difference is between the results you get from something like that versus the typical saliva and or blood panels.
1: Yeah. So the saliva and the blood panels tell you sort of what's going on in that moment in the basic hormones. So in a saliva or a blood panel, you can run estrogen like estradiol. You can run testosterone. You can look at your progesterone, which is fantastic. It's what you need. But with the Dutch test, which Dutch is actually, it's an acronym. It stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. Um, By looking at that with dried urine, you get all the same hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA. But we also get, like I said, we get to tell You these pathways, and so when I can tell a woman, you make estrogen, but it's going down a pathway that might increase your risk for heavy bleeding, or full tender breasts at your period, or it could increase your risk for breast cancer. Then we can be proactive about it because even in your blood work or saliva, you can have totally normal estrogen levels, but when you peel back the layer and we look at the pathway. I can tell you if things are going to go awry or if they're probably starting to cause symptoms with you right now. So why not be proactive? Nip that in the bud right now. And then using diet supplements, lifestyle changes, what have you, let's course correct and get you on the right pathway to get it out of your system.
0: And they have to be specific doctors, right? Who are familiar with this test. And that's all I'm presuming available on the website to find out, right?
1: Correct and yeah, and it can be. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a doctor. You can, we have nurse practitioners, we have pe- uh, physicians assistants, we have acupuncturists, we have um, you know, specific types of health coaches. We have physical therapists that all run. You know, they're all trained in mm-hmm. functional medicine and, and running the Dutch test. And so, um, like so, what, can we
0: call in after we get our results? Like, can we speak to someone? Because I'm thinking of the women out there who are you know, maybe working with just a traditional PCP or a general practitioner, and they, they want to probably really dive into what these results mean. If the doctor that they bring those back to can't help them, um, you guys have a network. You can point people in the right direction to a doctor who can really break it down. We
1: do, absolutely. okay, Absolutely. We can refer them to a doctor who does use Dutch testing or a practitioner that does use Dutch testing um, and then go from there. And on the flip side, you know, their, their doctor can also sign up. So if they mm-hmm. run the test and they bring it back to the doctor and their doctor says, wow, I don't know how to read this, but this looks amazing. I'm going to call the lab and find out more. They can do that too. And we can help walk them through, help that practitioner walk through the results so they can talk their patient through it.
0: Great. Okay. Let's talk supplements. I've gotten so many requests from women who want very specific (laughs) recommendations here. I know it's going to differ based on what people are dealing with, but are there any supplements or anything that you just sort of point blank recommend to most women?
1: Yeah, I will. There's um, there's two that I think are when it comes to estrogen stuff that are relatively, uh, I guess, safe is a really good word. So when we're talking estrogen detox, as an example, um, it's phase one, phase two, phase three. So the water in your bathtub, the drain and then your sewer line. But we want to address it three to one. So we want the sewer line open before we address the bathtub and then before we address the water. So really anything that's going to help your intestines, your microbiome, ladies, is going to help all of your hormones, all of them. So if you are pooping normally, if you're getting enough fiber, if you're taking a good probiotic, um, if you're eating, like, you know, if it, if it works for you, fermented foods, um, if you're getting your digestive enzymes, your hydrochloric acid appropriately, some women drink apple cider vinegar before meals. Some people take, take digestive enzymes with meals. If, if they notice that they get gas and bloating and, and w- when they eat foods, um, that can make a huge difference because that's your sewer line mm-hmm. and your sewer line is what manages all of your hormones, not just some of them, not just estrogen in my example, but all of them. So if you can get your intestinal health really, um, you know, top notch, then that will help immensely.
0: What brand do you like for probiotics?
1: I'll be honest, I personally take uh, Microbiome, Megaspore, every day.
0: And the brand name is Microbiome? Megaspore. Microbiome, okay. and
1: it's called Megaspore. Okay. There's another company that I will bounce back and forth. between. Well, there's a few others. So there's a company called Claire, with a K, K L A I R E. I really like Claire's uh, probiotics. I really like Metagen There's a company called Metagenics. I like their probiotics. And I really like Orthomolecular's um, probiotics. But currently... I personally take um, microbiome, mm-hmm. megaspore um, every day. I find from my, and I've used all of them. i I've tried all the things, but for my body, like that's the one that seems to work the best for me.
0: Awesome. What about other supplements? I, I have seen so much success with magnesium, so I'm not a doctor, obviously at all, but I keep talking to my girlfriends. I'm like, listen, this has changed my life. <laughs> like, so like, what do you, what else do we recommend here? Let's
1: go back up. So now we've got, now we've got your, um, sewer line open. So let's focus on the liver. So to get your drain working, magnesium is the number one thing. Believe it or not, so what gets your hormones neutralized is this enzyme in your body called COMT or COMPT, and its its primary um, nutrient that it requires is magnesium. And I would say just because of our farming practices, the majority of Americans are deficient hmm. in magnesium. Right. That's interesting. So I'm like, take your Epsom salt baths. That's really good self care, um, and and consider taking magnesium. Or I know people who like there's magnesium cream. You know, they'll they'll rub magnesium cream. So especially those who get like restless leg, I'm like, Oh, we'll go buy magnesium oil or magnesium cream and, and rub it on your, on your calves and on your legs. And it's, it's a bonus. You'll address your restless leg. Oh, and at the great. same time, you'll help get your magnesium in.
0: Is there a dosage that you recommend or a brand that you really like?
1: Um, I'm trying to think who I take right now for my magnesium. Um, dosage is usually somewhere in the like 200 to 500 milligram range. Do be careful. Too much magnesium can cause loose stools which if you have constipation is wonderful.
0: <laughs> some people it might be saying, "Okay." <laughs>
1: you will know when you've had too much because all of a sudden you will have looser stools and it's not a big deal. You just you just cut back, you know, on on your particular dose. There is some um, you've, with magnesium um, for example, magnesium threonate um with the th threonate, uh is really good for the brain. Um the magnesium glycinate tends to not cause the loose stools or the diarrhea. So if you're already prone to that but you need magnesium, try the glycinate. Um try the epsom salt baths, uh which you know can soak in and then don't necessarily go through your stomach and your intestines cuz you don't you don't swallow epsom salt baths. Um and same with the topical, the oil and the um in the creams. If you're already prone to loose stools or, you know, diarrhea, maybe try the topical route instead.
0: Okay. I'm loving these specifics. Um, Let's keep going down the list. Anything else you recommend for uh, supplements?
1: Absolutely. So one is glutathione support. So glutathione is your big, one of your big master antioxidants in your body, melatonin being your other big one. We have several as humans, but those are your like big, big ones. So glutathione will actually help neutralize your estrogens. It actually helps neutralize pretty much everything. It's a big it's a big fighter for us in our body um, as an antioxidant. And so I tell people um, there's something called uh, NAC, uh, N-acetylcysteine, and N-acetylcysteine can make glutathione. And so when people are struggling with a lot of hormonal issues, again, especially Um, estrogen issues, N-acetylcysteine can help the body to clear out estrogen in an appropriate manner. But it will also help those who get sick a lot, are prone to illness a lot, you know, that are fighting things a lot, they're inflamed a lot. N-acetylcysteine or glutathione can be really quite helpful. And then the other thing I really like are broccoli sprouts. So we're all familiar with sprouts, but in particular, broccoli sprouts um, if you eat them, put them in your smoothies, put them on your salad, use them when you cook. Make sure they're organic. We don't want the chemicals. Um, there is a, when you chew broccoli sprouts or blend up or cut up broccoli sprouts, this magic ingredient comes out of it called sulforaphane, with an S, sulforaphane. And sulforaphane has been shown to be really, really helpful for phase two detoxification. Hmm. All of it. For every chemical, every hormone, every hormone. All of all of it. And so I am a big fan of using broccoli food as medicine, using broccoli sprouts, um, for those of you who have a green thumb, grow broccoli sprouts. Just, you know, be organic. I do not. I don't have a green thumb. I buy gro- broccoli sprouts and put them in my smoothie or, you know, chop them up, put them over my salad. And you don't need much, like a tablespoon or two.
0: Okay, wait. This is an ignorant question. But is a broccoli sprout the same thing as just like a broccoli floret? Like is there a different – Like, the... No,
1: there is, it's different. Okay. It, oh, it yep, is.
0: Okay, tell is me more. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yep. like, it is Okay. Yep. It's a they great just... question because I get asked that all the time. Like, and... well, I eat broccoli. I'm like, the broccoli – like the big broccoli that you buy, you know, at the store, that's the, that's the mature broccoli. You oh, want the sprout, you want the, the
0: sprout, like, 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 as it's just sort of, if you're, yep. like you said, if you're a gardener, just shooting out of the dirt.
1: Yep. You got it. Oh, you do got they it. Sell and you a lot grocery of grocery store? stores, Whole Foods,
0: okay. you know,
1: like your local, you know, co-op or your local, oh, you know, that's... um, where I live, we have what's called new seasons, which is a more local, it's like the local version of Whole Foods and employee owned and all this stuff. Anyway, they, they have broccoli sprouts in oh, there. That's you know, amazing. And how much do we need and...
0: per day on those again?
1: like 1 to 2 tablespoons.
0: Okay, great. Oh, this is so amazing. Okay, yeah. gosh, I have so many questions. Before we Go get to it. reader questions, I can I ask can I selfishly ask you a question about yes. my own panel that came back. So, um I've I've been really sort of not sort of, I've been very open on my, on my social channels and on my blog about the fact that after I had kids, I turned into psycho hose beast during my PMS week, like the, the anxiety, Dr. Jones, overwhelming yes. to a point where I, and this was, this was not something I experienced before. I am, I never experienced a single PMS symptom, let alone something that made me just want to run in the corner and cry. Um. Right. So firstly, so I went back to the doctor and we, I asked her all this, it came back, my estrogen and... Progesterone Progesterone was a little high, but what was shocking, and this is what I want your thoughts on. She said, my cortisol, when I woke up was exceptionally low. My testosterone was exceptionally low and oh, my gosh. DHEA was exceptionally low, but everything else was normal. And I'm oh, thinking goodness. to myself, am I going to die? Like what is happening? No,
1: you're not going to die. Well, so here, and let me tell you this too. Remember when you get your hormones tested, which is a good and bad thing you just literally do it out of one day on your cycle, right? So it was the a, 21st right, day. A I think cycle like you get, it's a one day snapshot. <sighs> so your estrogen and progesterone may look that look like that on that day, but they are fluid and flexible. I mean, they do move around. And so, um, it is possible. They don't always look like that every day. Uh, just, just, just as an, just as an example. But you said your estrogen, your progesterone was kind of a little bit high.
0: Well, it was within the normal range, but like, just like, you know, how they have the bar graph. So there's the middle line. It was like between the middle and and the end of that. So she's like, These are fine, these are wrong. estrogen right in the middle. Oh, okay. and, and and it really introduced to me the concept of the importance of cortisol, which I know you touched on, but yes. I was worried so much about my estrogen and progesterone. Those were fine, but everything else was just cuckoo. So that's why I wanted to talk about cortisol and like what impact it has, because we hear about the dangers of high cortisol, how it can help or how it can cause weight gain and difficulty losing weight. But here I am on the other end of the spectrum. And let me tell you, sister, I'm gaining weight by the day. <laughs> so I don't know what is happening with my body.
1: Well, and then I will, and I, so cortisol is really important. Again, it's like estrogen. Like we vilify cortisol because everyone's like, oh no, it's what causes weight gain. I'm like, well, but we need cortisol to be, again, like, Goldilocks because cortisol is extremely anti-inflammatory. It does help us balance our glucose, our blood sugar. It's really important for you know mood and motivation and, and energy and um, you know getting our bed at our butt at a bed in the morning. So we do need cortisol, but it follows a rhythm. So cortisol when as soon as your eyeballs open in the morning, your cortisol is generally well we, it's low, it's supposed to be low. But within 30 to 45 minutes of you waking up, it should shoot up exponentially. That's what's known as the cortisol awakening response. And it's your body's natural reaction. It's not a stress reaction. It's an an ability for your body to switch you from conscious, which is my eyes are open, to alert, because most people will tell you in the morning, if they're morning people, if, if they're pretty healthy, like I wake up in the morning, and then after about 20-30 minutes, like I'm ready to go, I'm pretty, like all systems go, I'm focused, what have you, other people are like, oh no, in the morning, I need two cups of coffee in two hours, and then I'm ready to go, I'm like, okay, I, I just based on that response, I know your cortisol awakening response is not healthy it's too low your cortisol is too low and when it's too low i can tell you that it increases your risk for autoimmune it increases your risk for blood sugar issues and irregularity which can lead to weight gain it increases your risk for inflammation because you need cortisol to help you not have inflammation it increases your risk for infection because cortisol helps lower um, the, your, your immune system, it, it's like checks and balances. Um, it affects your mood, it affects your energy, it affects all these things. And so for you, if you wake up in the morning and it's really, really low, then it's going to put you at these mm-hmm. sort of longer term risks. And you're not going to feel as like robust and resilient and ready to take on the world. Right. And this is what women tell me. Women go, why is it, and I'll use your age as an example, why am I 38 and I can't handle anything, but yet when I was 28, I could take on the world? Like, Mm -hmm. why, why do I feel like I'm more affected by stress now? I'm more affected by my to-do list. I'm more overwhelmed. I'm more anxious than I used to be. And I'm like, because think of it like a trampoline in your twenties, you could bounce. If your trampoline is your body's resiliency, every single time you got knocked back, you just hit your trampoline and bounced right back up again. No problem. But after a while, you can only do that for so long, your trampoline gets more threadbare and maybe you even get holes in it. So now when you have a stressor happen in your life, you don't bounce as high. Maybe your foot falls through and you hit the ground and you don't bounce up much anymore. That's the cortisol awakening response and resiliency that you're losing out on as we get older, if we don't... Mm -hmm. Take care of ourselves. So right? what kind like of like s- supplements proactive. and
0: things, are, I think I got a D3 and, and magnesium and then I got, I got, I have MTH. It's a whole thing. I have a whole <laughs> list of issues, but are, are those things going to help? And like, if someone's yes. in a similar yes. spot and how long yes. does it take to see? Because I, you know, I, I stepping on the scale and since this was October, I have mysteriously gained six pounds and literally nothing else has changed.
1: Right. Right. And estrogen and progesterone, like all the hormones have a lot to do with weight. And like I said, even though on that one day your estrogen and progesterone look good, it doesn't mean they look like that through the entire second half of your cycle, your luteal phase. Mm. And and it's, a, it's entirely possible if we had done a progesterone on you every day, you might spike up like a mountain, which is why on that day of testing, on day 21, it looked good, and then you spike down. So right. you have this like inverted V, right, like up-down. Mm-hmm. And that will affect anxiety, that will affect sleep, that will wow. affect PMS for sure. Now with estrogen, you looked really good on that day 21, but what happens if you then continue to go up day 22, three, four, five, six, seven, you keep going up and now you're more and more estrogen dominant and your progesterone is going down and down and down. So you're more anxious and more, um, gaining more weight and having more PMS symptoms and you're more depressed, high estrogen, high or low estrogen can worsen depression because of its effect on Serotonin, one of the one of your brain hormones, couple that with cortisol issues, right? Couple mm. that with just life stuff. Couple that with um, um, insulin and glucose. Is is uh, sadly, as humans seem to get older, we're finding we're becoming less sensitive to insulin, hmm. and it and it increases our risk for weight gain. Um, then, as women move out of their thirties into their forties, now they're perimenopausal which is a whole new set of like awesome symptoms that we're, we get, so, right? So like, it just goes on and on. So will vitamin D and magnesium help it? it they do help. But re- honestly, what I tell people is what helps is like all the, like you, ha- all the, all the things you have to do all the things.
0: Mm-hmm. What You're right. Helps Li- the lifestyle things. Yes.
1: Yes. So you can't say, not that you do this, but like women will say, can I just take my, my adaptogenic herbs? Can I take ashwagandha? Can I take my vitamin B12? Can I take my vitamin D? And can I still, can I still burn the candle at both ends? Can I still say yes to everything? Can I still go to bed late? Because that's the only time I get anything done when my kids go to sleep. Can I still have my two glasses of wine at night? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, <laughs> no. Nope. Sure. Right. I mean, you
1: can try good luck with the supplements are supportive and nutritive, but you have to make the changes too.
0: And how long does it take to see a turnaround in those levels? I'm going to go back for testing in three months. And I know that that's sort of a typical protocol to to, to sort of have you back for like a reassessment. How long does it take to, to fix that?
1: So I, three months is usually what I say, three to four months. And the reason I say that is because when you ovulate and kick out an egg, it takes three months to go from like the super baby little tiny follicle all the way up to a mature enough follicle that it can release an egg. And so I'm like, well, women, whatever, let's, let's give it three months. Let's Mm -hmm. like nurture that super tiny follicle that's Mm -hmm. small and developing. And three months later, hopefully it's really healthy and your progesterone and estrogen are going to be super healthy at, at a baseline. So three is like my minimum Cortisol can be affected a lot faster than that, Um, but usually I'm testing everything at once, and so I want to give it time. And it takes time for the brain-adrenal communication to recognize, like, you're doing all that you can. You're trying not to burn the candle both ends. You know, you're getting good sleep. Um, You're getting light exposure in the morning that the kickoff for cortisol is your eyes opening up. But more importantly, it's the light that comes into your eyes. So, when so we I tell, need to, like, go
0: stand under a window almost when we wake literally, up.
1: Literally what I tell people, open your blinds, open your drapes, um, go outside. Don't lay in bed and play on your phone. You don't want the artificial light. That's not the healthiest. Um, plus it can affect your rods and cones in your eyes. Hmm. But you want the natural full-spectrum light. And if you can't get that, because I live in um, Portland, Oregon, where it's currently raining all the time. So I when I have a full-spectrum light um, that I bought off Amazon. And I don't have, everyone's like, which one do you use? I'm like, I literally went on Amazon, read all the comments and found the one that I thought would work in my lifestyle. So I've been trying it out. My best friend has the light based alarm. Um, she and her husband wake up at the same time. So they have an alarm clock that Mm. gradually lightens up the room. It's full spectrum light. She's like, it's made a world of difference.
0: That's a great, that won't work for me
1: because my husband and I don't work, wake up at the same time. So Mm. We would kill each other. <laughs>
0: yeah, he'd be like, shut that light off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, that is so amazing. I really appreciate you getting specific with the recommendations because I know yeah. so many people are just eager to make small changes where they can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. How amazing is Dr. Jones? Um, I, I just cannot express a, a proper level of gratitude. This is an issue that so many women have real questions, and sort of holes in knowledge about, and she filled – all of those gaps in so amazingly with her, um, her advice and her tips. So, I want to just put this back out there. I said in the beginning of the episode, if you did submit a question for Dr. Jones, we do get to those. We did not forget about you, sister friend. I promise. We got all of those questions and more coming up in next week's episode. I wanted to make sure we gave them all proper time. So make sure you come back for next week's episode if you submitted a question. I hope you enjoy the information you got here. As you heard Dr. Carrie Jones mention, you can follow her on Instagram at dr. dr. Dot Carrie Jones and check out her website, drcarriejones.com, where you can find out much more about what she's up to. You can bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to do the Dutch test and I'll let you know all about it, how it works, and the results that I find out. I'm really interested in that. So, thank you guys again for listening. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. I would be so grateful. That helps to get these um, episodes out to people who might like them or find them useful. And that's it. Really appreciate you listening. Again, follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abada. I will see you next week with more hormone goodness with Dr. Carrie Jones. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of 30-something.